Hello, and welcome to Objective Health. I am your host today, Erica, and joining me in the virtual studio is Doug, Elliot, and behind the scenes is Damien. Hello. 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 So we made it past October 15th, and uh, the world's still here. (laughs) We're still here. I am still currently employed, and uh, I we're here to talk today about the pushback that is happening, and uh, so some good news, some good news in this, as Tiffany would call it, clown circus of a reality that we're all living in every day, <laughs> and so there's a lot going on. Um, where do we start, guys? What What's the best way to to uh, kind of cover all the bases in this limited time that we have? Um well, well, I'll speak. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I will uh, speak um, from the U.S. perspective. So um, I've been following this rather closely because as an employee in a company that has more than 100 employees, I am currently in the midst of this craziness. And I found this great article um, by Paul Craig Roberts. Uh, it was published on the 10th of October. And basically, it was really short, but it had a lot of links in it. It's called The Vaccine Mandate is a Hoax. And he's basically reaching out to readers, letting them know that this uh, Biden's vaccine mandate is basically just a bunch of BS PR. And um, he said that there's two things that is really important for people to understand. And I think this carries around the world, not just in the US, but um, one is the danger of the vaccine compared to the danger of COVID, which we've been covering for like 18 months now. And the other one is the power big pharma has to bypass safety standards in order to maximize profits. So um, for the U.S. listeners who may not know, um, Biden's vaccine mandate doesn't even really exist. He's a U.S. president, and not a dictator and cannot issue laws or edicts. And any such laws or edicts originating from the White House would be struck down in federal court. We're we're starting to see that actively. Um, Congress is the source of the law. Even if Congress passed a vaccine mandate and Biden signed it, if the courts follow the Constitution, the law would be struck down. And I'll just give a little kind of synopsis on um, some of the some of this information that's coming out. So uh, as I've shared on the show previously, in the US, we do have the constitution, you have your first and fourth amendment right, and you do have a right to religious exemption. So a lot of people are taking that right and going to their employees and it's being granted because they do not wanna set a legal precedence in the United States for the pushback. So that's kind of a very small synopsis, but there's lots of great articles. Uh, I see Damien's got it up there in there, just kind of going through all the other, you know, information that people need to know, because, um, you know, I think people who were never even interested in this topic, you know, two to five years ago, now it's being shoved down their throat and they're forced to pay attention. And, um, I think it's really going to bite them in the behind bad because, you know, normally people that would be not not um, interested or even pursuing or starting to see the blatant violation of law happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see like one article we had 
um, in our queue to talk about was United Airlines. And they keep postponing these court dates because they know they're not going to win. You know what I mean? And so I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I think that um, people inadvertently are getting exposed to the truth of of this narrative and we uh, we've been sharing for months that this is not about a virus anymore this is about complete and total control mm-hmm. and um so yeah. yeah that's my uh my starting position as always i you know i find it fascinating i said on a previous show like had we not been learning and reading about all this vaccine stuff for years we might have been taken you know, by the intimidation and fear tactics that are being used uh, to get people to go along and comply. But according to Paul Craig Roberts, and what we can see with our own eyes is this is just mass coercion. And I and I don't, I don't expect uh, our administration or anyone for that matter to be held accountable, but I think they're really underestimating um, the power of the people mm-hmm. and um, how obvious the criminal intent is really, so. Yeah. Well, speaking of the religious exemption, there was in New York, um, it was ruled by a judge that New York must allow religious exemptions to COVID-19 vaccine mandate. And And the great thing is you don't have to even state what your religion is. Right. Period. Right. Right. I mean, you could have made, you can make your own religion (laughs) or get one of those like wacky ones like the flying spaghetti monster one or something like that although the flying spaghetti monster people would probably all be pro-vaccine they're kind of those uh scientician types but uh yeah no i so already like we're starting to see that this this isn't really holding up in the u.s that they're starting to um realize that yes they do have to allow these religious religious exemptions um there was another one actually in arkansas the governor of Arkansas um, allows COVID-19 vaccine mandate opt-out bill to become law. And this one's interesting. It was from uh, The Hill. Um, and it's kind of interesting because basically he's saying he doesn't really like it, but he's allowing it. Like he, in that state, they can they allow um, can allow bills to become law without signing for it. Um, and basically their way of um, kind of protesting it is to just let it sit. And then once it goes past uh, five days, I think it is, then it goes into, uh, it just becomes a law. So he kind of, he didn't sign it as a way of kind of saying he doesn't like it, but um, it goes through anyway. And what he's basically saying is that he's he's opposed to the the current mandate by Biden, um, but he doesn't think that the solution is to place additional mandates on employers at the state governmental level or state government level. So anyway, he's basically like he thinks it puts the employers into a into a, a sticky situation because they're having to decide whether they're going to obey state law or federal law, um, which is always a tricky position for anybody in the U.S. and kind of the weird things about living there, I think. But um more or less, he's saying he doesn't like the, the Biden thing, but this is not the way to deal with it. Um, but at the same time, it's good news because there's now an opt-out bill. Um, or sorry, an opt-out law in Arkansas. So whether or not that gets ends up getting struck down by the House remains to be seen. Uh, it, it looks like it probably will. But um, who knows, for a short time, they've got that, uh, that opt-out law in Arkansas. 
Yeah, these uh these things happening at the state level are very interesting. Uh, coming from up top, so to speak. Uh, but it also seems as though people uh at the ground level are grouping together and are threatening legal action, and this mm-hmm. is happening like more and more often. So there's an article that came out just three days ago um and it was describing uh some workers at a nuclear laboratory in new new mexico los alamos i think that's how you pronounce it mm-hmm. uh there was a vaccine mandate which was introduced and um more than 100 workers at the national laboratory um are alleging that the laboratory's vaccine exemption policy is too strict that their exemptions were wrongfully denied. Uh, Therefore, what they have done is they've uh, essentially um, started the process of suing the the company or the, the, the lab. And it's interesting because it speaks about some of the workers in uh, who, who are actually, who are present at the, at the lab. It says the, um, the plaintiffs in this lawsuit have some of the highest security clearances in the entire nation. And their jobs range from nuclear engineers to research technicians. So these are these are not just your average construction workers or whatever. Mm-hmm. These are highly trained, probably up to PhD level, uh, creme de la creme scientists working uh, in nuclear physics, right? <laughs> this is one of the kind of elite labs in the country. I mean, to, to nuclear physics in and of itself is is considered to be an extremely complex and difficult subject. So you have to be pretty highly trained and educated and extremely intelligent even to get into that field of work, right? And you've got numerous of these employees who are saying, no, we do not support the vaccine mandate. I would imagine probably because they have not been vaccinated themselves. Um, uh, it says that the the management company says that 96% of its work, workforce is vaccinated, um, but the plaintiff, so, so the people who are actually filing the lawsuit say that the actual number is much lower. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting how you've got the company who's saying that, oh, the majority of our research scientists are vaccinated, whereas actually, uh, you know, there's a discrepancy there in opinion. It seems as though they might be telling fibs. And so uh, it's another example of, of pretty highly educated people. We spoke several months ago now or several weeks ago. Uh, one of our past shows, we were talking about how um, how one of the most vaccine hesitant groups or demographics was was people with PhDs, uh, highly educated kind of um, you know research scientists, and uh, and and yeah, it's kind of evidence of that I think, and and the fact that they have grouped together and they are taking legal action against this, I find very uh, very promising. Mm-hmm. A similar thing is happening in Los Angeles as well. Uh, with the firefighters. In fact, there are hundreds of firefighters who file a notice of intent to sue over the COVID vaccine mandate. Uh, So uh, it's talking about how 871 city firefighters have filed a notice of intent to sue over the public employee vaccine mandated by the city council. Get this, seeking 2 million in compensation per plaintiff. You know, I was looking at another uh, another source for that, and they were saying it's two point five million. Two, okay, so two point five million <laughs> per plaintiff. 
Times so two point five. If I understand this correctly, that's two point five million times eight hundred and seventy-one. Yeah. Well, that's a, a rather large number. Um, but essentially, they they were told that they had to meet a uh, deadline. Of the strict deadline was October twentieth. They were told that if they did not meet that, they would be sent home for five days without pay. And if they still decided decided not to get vaccinated after another five days, their employment would be terminated. Uh, so the attorney that they are using to kind of file this lawsuit has said that the vaccination order is manifestly unlawful conduct, so, citing several reasons, including interference with labor rights, inflict emotional distress, violation of constitutional privacy rights, and violation of the protection of human subjects in the act of medical experimentation. Oh. All uh, valid points. <laughs> Definitely. That's, uh, that's some... Uh... Some good. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's sharp wording. Verbiage. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like saying it's like to, to say that it's uh, a violation of the protection of human subjects in the act of medical experimentation. Like, there's not too many people talking about it in that way. It's accurate. It's absolutely accurate. But um, wow, good on them. Well, and especially in California being plagued by fires, I really don't think that they have the manpower to lose, even like Elliot, you were talking about that 3% or whatever of firefighters, they, they, they don't have the, uh, the manpower to cover that. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. It's interesting too. uh, Yeah. Go on. No, I was just going to say they have a, it, it says that LA, According to the Los Angeles Fire Department website, it has 3,435 firefighters. So 871. Well, I'm not going to do the math right now, but that's uh, it's a significant <laughs> amount. Yeah. Well, kind of in that same vein of um, L.A. is uh, recently, too, just on October 8th, RT carried it. L.A. County Sheriff defies vaccine mandate on pragmatic grounds politicized order could cost him up to 10% of the workforce. So um, Dr. Sheriff Alex Villanueva has, he's, he's been coming out and there's plenty of tweets and whatnot, um, but basically they're not willing to do that, you know? And they said this uh, initially about the masks as well. Uh, There was a movement, I think it was called Crossing the Red Line, where sheriffs, particularly in California, were saying that they were not going to enforce nonviolent crimes. And already, again, for those who may not know, L.A. County has seen like the homicide rate up go up 31 percent in uh, the first six months of 2021. So they really can't afford to lose these people, you know, based on a ridiculous um, mandate for what is essentially a colder flu, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is. uh, It's very interesting that uh, it, you know, this isn't the first time either that we've seen like kind of the the sheriffs as the ones who are kind of standing up. Um, We saw that a lot during the lockdowns um, Mm -hmm. where they were just saying like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to enforce the stuff coming down from the governor. Um, It's unlawful. It's uh, it's against the constitution. I'm not going to do it. Um, it's very interesting, and I think that's kind of unique to the U.S. Um, I might be wrong. There might be other countries that that do have kind of a similar structure or something. Yeah, similar. But um, yeah, you don't really see that 
that level like there there really is kind of a separation between these different levels of government there where they kind of send down a, a, a an order from on high you know the federal the feds say oh this is the new the new mandate and then the state goes no no we're not going to do that yeah. um you don't really see that in too many other countries as far as i know and in the U.S., the sheriff actually has more control of your everyday life than, say, someone like the uh, former vice president, you know. So right. <laughs> people would do good to find out who their sheriff is and what their uh, what their principles are for running, because in this same article, they were talking about um, how Los Angeles has ordered the city employees to get vaccinated and about 24% of the Los Angeles Police Department or 12,000 employees last month sought religious or medical exemptions to the jab requirement. Wow. And they go off to talk about uh, the, the sheriff in the neighboring Riverside County, uh, Mr. Bianco said last month that he won't enforce any vaccine mandates on his employees. He reportedly called himself the last line of defense from tyrannical government overreach. So that's a pretty stark statement in a, in a state like California, where we see now the, you know, passports being mandated, you, you know, this whole kind of thing we've talked about in the past of California and New York setting the precedent for other states. So it's mm -hmm. really nice to see these guys are, nope, we're not doing that, you know, and it's, it's encouraging. I'm always the optimist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we should uh, talk about the encouraging things happening in Italy as well. Uh, Italy is basically the first country that has come out and said that everyone must have a vaccine pass or they don't get to go to work. Um, and there's been all kinds of protests going on. If you're on social media, you've probably seen some of this happening right now. Um, so much stuff going on uh, in Italy, uh, multiple cities, multiple different protests. One of the big ones is at the um, at the ports, the Italian ports, where these COVID-19 passes, <clears throat> excuse me, have come into effect. I think they came into effect on April 15th, or sorry, October 15th, um, which was, we talked about on our show last week. Um, and basically, uh, these port workers have shut down the ports. Um in Genoa, in the northwest of Italy. Um, yeah, because the green passes uh, require both private and public workers to prove that they are either vaccinated, have tested negative for COVID, or have recently recovered from the virus. If they cannot produce green pa a green pass within a grace period of five days, they will be suspended without pay and could face a fine of up to 1,500 euros should they dare to work on regardless. Um, so yeah, there's been lots of stuff on Twitter, lots of different uh, footage of the of the um, the protests going on, and yeah, I'm I'm encouraged by this. Um, they're shouting obscenities at their prime minister, you know, as it should be. Interestingly, sorry, I'm just looking for it here. There was a couple, uh, no, it wasn't that long ago, actually. It was only about a week ago. Um, there was a, an article on The Local that was very interesting. It said, Italy's vaccination campaign slows as Green Pass effect fails to materialize. And what the article is basically talking about is that when they came out with the announcement that 
Um, they were going to require this green pass as of uh, October 15th. They expected to see a rise in vaccination rates. Um, <clears throat> because, you know, they just thought that everybody was going to be like, oh, well, okay, if it's mandatory, then I guess I'm going to have to do it. Um, as of September 30th, um, the counter uh, of the number of people who are, are vaccinated was at 78.5, and they were aiming for 80% of the population that's vaccinated. And so they expected that would, you know, easily get up to that 80%. But oddly enough, as soon as it was announced, this, this green pass, the the number of people going and getting vaccinated like dried up. And as of the writing of this article, which was October 8th, um, they were at 79.74%. So they still hadn't reached the 80%. And it's, it's just kind of hilarious. Like they've got a graph on the article. Sorry, Damien, have you got to pull it? You do. Yeah, the graph there. So that yeah, shows you... you that shows you kind of month by month the uh, vaccination rate. Um, well, it's done. It's all in Italian, so I can't actually, <laughs> actually read what it says. But uh, anyway, it was, it's kind of showing that the numbers have been going down. And I believe what it shows there is that um, it kind of dried up as soon as they made this announcement. Um, so it's uh, kind of like, sorry, go ahead. It's just going to say it's the other graph. Oh, so it? it's not the bar chart. It's it's the other graph, no? Because that's right. that's that's showing the age. Oh no no no! Oh, sorry, that that one, is this one shows the doses. It says doses vac- uh, vaccine administered per week. Mm. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 So you see, I mean, we could see how it's. Um, is that August? It's starting off at. It's ending in October. So you see how? I mean, yeah, it's it's much higher. Um, it gradually gets lower. There's another one just below that graph, and it shows a, a similar thing. Uh, from from July, you had um, more of a, a vaccine uptake up into August, and then it peaks around 12th, 12th to 15th of August, then it gradually declines. And around that time, you see the um, the use of antigen tests goes up significantly. Yeah. Um, so, and it seems as though the the writer of this article was uh, was almost surprised um, that the rapid antigen tests have gone up. And it's like, well, no, clearly uh, there's a bunch of people who who are not going to get this vaccine. Like they don't want to get the vaccine. And so, you know, if they're forced to, you know, like a green pass in in France, for instance, if you want to go anywhere, you have to get a, a test. And so people are basically deciding that if they want to go and do something, they're not getting the vaccine. They'll go and get the test instead. Um, so that's that's really all that it's done. And I think that at this point, it's it's really annoying. I find how they refer to people who don't want to get the vaccine as vaccine hesitant, mm-hmm. um, because these people are not hesitant. They, <laughs> no. they don't hesitate. It's like they've they've <laughs> made their decision. <laughs> yeah, they know what the options are, and they choose not to get a vaccine. They're called vaccine hesitant, as though it's it's they're they're they're, they're on the edge. Yeah, you know? they're they, undecided. They waited. It's complete nonsense at this point. I mean, we're almost a year into administering the vaccines. Ten months into administering the vaccines, people hasn't haven't got their vaccine. There's a reason why they haven't got it. It's yeah. not because they haven't had access to the vaccine. It's because they chose not to. Yeah, 
Well, it's almost like they're encouraging hesitancy too, like with this hard handed, like draconian fascist approach, you know, it's like dealing with children. Like the more you try and get people to comply, the more they're going to not comply purely based on principle. Like, Mm -hmm. why is it so, why is there so much pressure? Why are they going to take my job away and not let me go to the store and not let me do these things? You're going to get that three, five, maybe even up to 10% of people that are like, based on principle alone, I'm not doing it, you know? So they've created their own vaccine hesitancy nightmare because of their approach to it all. And the fact that they don't uh, share their documents willingly and show the studies and uh, show transparency in any sort of a way, we really see that here in the US with the CDC. Like, if it's so great and so effective, show us the documentation to prove that and you will alleviate people's hesitancy. But all we see, and we don't even watch mainstream information, is side effects for again, a cold or flu. Like, why would you risk that? You know, so it's emboldening people to be even more oppositional to it, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, people have a natural inclination, well, maybe not all people, but certainly a lot of people have a natural inclination to resist when they're being coerced or forced into something, you know? So I think a number of the people that you see resisting these mandates, I think it is because you've got, people demanding that you do it or trying very hard to coerce you into doing it, stopping short of actually forcing a needle into your arm. It's like there's an automatic thing in, in, in thinking people where it's kind of like, wait a minute, what are you trying to do? Why are you trying to force this on me? What's going on? It's like, obviously, you're going to get suspicious right off the bat. And it's like, you know, they don't have anything to back them up. It's all this double talk and like run around. So, of course, people are going to be like, you know what? I'm not doing this, even if they weren't hesitant before. Yeah, I I agree with you now that you said it, Elliot. The word hesitant is terrible. Even if they weren't resistant before, they are now. Because it's like, screw you, I'm not doing this. You know, they could be trying to give me a brownie and they're trying to force me to take it. I'm going to be like, wait a minute, why? What's going on? Why are you trying to give me this? I don't want the brownie. I did a second ago, but now that you're trying to force me, I don't want it. Well, and like we did in the beginning of 2020, I think it was one of our first shows before any of this happened. We went through the the World Health Organization's top 10 concerns and vaccine hesitancy was right up there. So, you know, and whether they've been planning this forever, whatever, you know, narrative or theory you want to follow, they knew there was going to be a, a portion of society that would not go for it. So it's just like shocking sometimes the stupidity and complete lack of um reality facing reality for what it is completely and no amount of coercion whether it's crispy creams or a donut or a free beer (laughs) or whatever it is like like you said doug and elliot you know people aren't going for it no thank you no thank you no no is a complete sentence yeah (laughs) Well, there's another bit of resistance going on actually over in the UK. Um, there was, well, maybe Elliot, you can, you might know more about it than I do, but basically there was something put in where um, a law that said that, that children didn't have, like children could override their parents' wishes as far as uh, vaccine vaccines were concerned. Like if a parent did not, 
give permission for their child to be vaccinated, the child could actually override that. Is that right? Yeah. So there's this thing called Gillick competency. I'd not heard of it before, Um, but Gillick competency basically is like a concept uh, which can be applied legally. Uh, Basically uh, having to do with a child who's under the age of 16 um, being that Gillick competency is that if they are competent to consent to their own medical treatment, um, as long as they're believed to have enough intelligence, competence, understanding of the situation to know what's involved and the risks involved. That's, 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 that's Gillick competence apparently. And so that is this, there's this idea or there's this, I, I don't know if it's law just yet. I think what they're trying to do is implement this in the UK. I'm not sure when they're doing that. It's probably going to be um, in the new year, but they're, they're talking about essentially giving children 12 to 15 um, the ability or the, the choice to have the vaccine against the, like without the parental, parental consent. In other words, they go to school um, they are kind of coerced or, you know, um, it's suggested to them that they should have the vaccine and they get the vaccine and that, you know, say they're 13 years old and the parents don't know about it and the parents don't legally need to be notified about it either. So that's, that's what this concept is. And in the UK, there's, they've been talking about this because, um, there was a, uh, there's parents at school in, where was it? Uh, in Newquay, in Cornwall, Mm. Trotheris School. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's 17 parents um, of children from age 12 up, basically, uh, who have grouped together and have threatened um, to sue the school um, if the children are offered vaccines and if they're vaccinated without parental consent, um, and they are going to, they will sue on the grounds of grievous bodily harm. Um, and they've they've kind of grouped together. They've got legal um, representation and they uh, have basically threatened the school and said, if you dare touch our children, then we're going to sue you. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and they sent a, a letter to the school about that. And, and the um, and the school replied and, and they basically says, oh, um, there's there's you know, there's there's no. Uh, there's no kind of plan to do this to children. Don't worry. We will always ask for, for consent, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but there's basically parents who are putting preparations in, in order so that if something does like this happen, then they will be uh, completely ready to take this to court. Well, I think it's interesting because they actually did this in the United States with giving children the vaccine without parental consent and that was that by accident or was that intentional? no i mean it was it was on a state-to-state basis and the only reason i know is because i'm in the state of north carolina and the governor did pass a law in north carolina that they could give children over the age of 12 the covid vaccine without parental consent and there's <laughs> i mean without going off on a tangent about that you know um Ironically, Planned Parenthood has those same kind of rights in the United States as well, that they can give birth control 
to minors in states that have the age of consent law, whether it's 14 or 16. So I think maybe what the UK is doing is testing the waters on this, because I've talked to a few parents in North Carolina and said, look, um, if, has your child been approached to get a vaccine without your consent? Or what, what are you talking about? Well, you do know it's now law in North Carolina. They can give your child a vaccine without your consent. And people don't know. They don't, you know, they're not publishing this in the local news. And so I find this article interesting because I think they're floating it to see what kind of response the parents are going to have. And thank goodness these parents are paying attention because what we see in the United States is obviously for many years is that they want to take over that legal right of children. I mean, you know, again, that may sound a little out there, but if the state can mandate something for children and create that division in the family, then they have like a willing captive audience. You know what I'm saying? So I think this might be a little bit of that same um, tactic, if you will, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I mean, it's completely sick, though, really, when you think about it, that their um, big farmer has kind of laid out the situation so that, you know, they can they can prey on 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 children now um, and they turn their children into into customers kind of thing. When children, at least in the UK, at least, I mean, under the age of 16, you can't have sex, you can't smoke, you can't drive, you yeah. can't consume alcohol, you can't vote. You can't make any legal decisions on your own. Uh, you can't. You can't basically do anything. You know, you can't really do anything of any importance uh, without parental consent. So, how on earth are they? Uh, you know, are they able? Uh, is a child able to make a decision which is potentially going to affect them for the rest of their life, which has uh, potentially long-term serious health consequences? how are they going to be expected to be able to assess those health consequences, assess the risk, and then make a, an informed decision? I mean, the fact is children are not competent to do that. That's why they can't do all of those other things. So the fact that, that, that it's one rule that applies for, for one thing and another rule applies for another, I mean, it's completely contradictory. It doesn't make any sense from a health standpoint. It doesn't make any sense from a, like a, a competence standpoint, it, the, I guess the only way that it makes sense is from a financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the fact that Big Pharma essentially want to inject as many living beings <laughs> as possible, yeah. uh, pets included, right? So that is uh, that's the only thing I have to say about that. And creating division. You know, it'd yeah. be one thing if they were given all the information, but we we know just from doing the research that they're only given half the story, right? You know, they're not given the other half of the story. So, yeah, so it's uh, fascinating. You know, it really is. And I know we're probably coming close to our time here, but um, please follow SOT.net. There's every day there's new information coming out about, people that are, have had enough, Uh, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve. We're in 18 months and uh, people are tired of being lied to, manipulated, coerced, strong-armed. And, um, you know, they're, they're, people are resisting, pressing back, uh, just saying no, 
becoming more and more informed whether they want to or not and sharing that information with others, uh, family members. And, and so we hope to do the same in the best way that we can Definitely. as effectively as possible. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you all for your uh, commitment to sticking with it following us and like and subscribe and share with your friends. And if you have anything, please let us know. We're always interested. And uh, thank you for my co-hosts and Damien in the background, finding all the articles that people can actually see with their own eyes, what's really going on. Mm-hmm. So appreciate you all. Thanks for joining in. Have a great Bye, everybody. day. Bye. Bye.